0: Welcome to the Storyform Podcast. StoryFormed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child. Hello and welcome to the Storyform Podcast. I'm Holly Packiam and I'm joined by Jamie Showmaker today. Hi, Holly. Hi, Jamie. We, um, Jamie and I took a couple, or not a couple, one month off podcasting and now we're back. So it's so great to be back in this space with all of you again. We've been um, blogging for the month of June and so now we'll be kind of back to our regular schedule. Uh, Jamie, how have things been for you? It's going well. We are. um, We have a lot of birthdays in
1: the month of June, so June is really busy for us. Yes, we have three birthdays and Father's Day in one week um, in the month of June. So um, it it was. um, It's always a very very busy week of the year for us, but also just a wonderful week to just take some time away and just really focus and celebrate our family and the members of our family that are having birthdays and um, it's just always a a very busy week but a really sweet week and um, so yeah, that's, that's always always, always fun. <laughs> that sounds very
0: fun. A lot of celebrating and probably lots of work for you too. Lots of work. <laughs> we're, we're um
1: all gluten-free, food. so, so lots, lots of gluten-free food. cakes have to be made and <laughs> gluten-free dinners prepared um but it's only once a, once a year that we get the opportunity to do that. So, yeah. yeah okay. We have all, all of our family celebrations are in the summertime. So my birthday's in the summer, and then I have another son whose birthday is next month in August, and so and our anniversary is in August. So lots of lots of busy busy things in the summertime for our family.
0: What about you? Well, yeah, I've been enjoying a little more space in our schedule. We've wrapped our school up for the year, and so um, the kids have been sleeping in a little bit. More and I don't know about me, but it's just felt a little <laughs> bit more, a little more leisurely than normal, and just kind of having a slower breakfast and sitting with coffee a little longer. And um, the kids have been having fun, just playing imaginative games around the house and outside in the backyard. And um, it's just been nice to, you know, take a book off of our stack and just say, "Oh, let's sit down and read this." And mm-hmm. I just enjoy not having a real strict schedule, at least for the first part of the summer. Right. So it's yes. good. And then I um, I wanted to just uh, plant a little seed for a new devotional that I just got that it's not quite out yet, but you can pre-order it. Um, some of you may know who Eugene Peterson is, but he's been a pastor for many years and a pretty prolific writer. He translated the Message Bible. But he is just about to come out with a new devotional called Every Step and Arrival, a 90-day devotional exploring God's Word. And, and the reason why I even have it on my bedside table is because I was telling my husband the other day that I was really looking for something new. Just, I'm, I mean, I'm reading the Bible consistently, but just something else to kind of be inspirational or some kind of new devotional. He said, oh, well, I just got this in the mail here you go. So oh, yeah. yeah, that was kind of exciting. Um, so it's available to pre-order now. If you're familiar with G- Eugene and have read his stuff, then you might want to go ahead and do that. Um, I'll update you a little bit as I get more into it. But yeah, um, yeah it's out October 2nd. So that's still, exciting news. Yeah, 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 that's good. Well, oh, nice. I actually have
1: some big news. Um, as (laughs) I know, I know, I've been thinking about this all day and dreading every moment of it, but, um, (laughs) as some of you have probably already read on the blog, um, I have made the very difficult decision to step away from story forms for the next season. Um, It was was such a hard decision that was made with much prayer and difficulty. Holly will tell you how much I struggled with um, just knowing that it was the right thing for my family at this time and for myself, but just not wanting to let it go and just not wanting to admit it. But the truth is that we're we're just in a season in our family, like I said, about birthday week, just where it's just becoming increasingly more difficult for me to steward my time well. And um, I have mentioned often on the podcast, I know that, that my husband travels a lot for his job. And my boys are still young enough to really need constant supervision. So just sometimes finding the time to be alone to do things like record podcasts or meet, blog deadlines has been has been challenging um, a lot of times. Just this weekend, for example, he had to go out of town unexpectedly for the whole week um, coming up. And so I had to scramble just to rearrange things, to find childcare, just to meet some of the commitments I already had. And I still wasn't able to get it all done. And um, so also, as I mentioned, my, my oldest, he, he just turned nine. And I don't know what it was about that particular birthday, but I just had a moment of just startling clarity where I realized that my time with him in our home was already halfway over. And I just feel this urgency to be really intentional about my time with my children. And of course, when my husband is home to really guard our family time. And there are also some specific things that I have felt God calling me to, but there just hasn't been enough margin in my life for me to pursue those things. so i just had to take a really hard look at what needs to be trimmed down in, in our lives and make room for the things that we are primarily called to, which is which is my family, my children, we homeschool. I have another one actually officially entering school this fall. So that's a whole nother another thing that I'm looking at. And so, you know, for the time being at least, that means saying goodbye to being a regular contributor to Story Formed and Frankly, I'm heartbroken about it, but um, I've wrestled with it for a little while now, and I know it's the right decision, even though it's been a really, really difficult one to make, so...
0: Yeah, yeah, Jamie, I've been dreading it a little bit too we <laughs> to make this um make this announcement. But yeah, like Jamie said, we've been talking about it and processing it. And I just want all of our listeners to know that I have absolutely loved, loved working with you, and um that I'm going to miss your presence so much um, regularly on Storyformed, all of our platforms. And I just think you are one of the most thoughtful and insightful joyful, empathetic, and compassionate people that I know, truly. Uh, You're an incredible mom, and it's obvious to me and I know to our listeners just how intentional you are in investing in your husband and kids and all those around you. And You've been an amazing friend to me, and you are to so many others, and I'm just so grateful for your encouragement and support. Um, I can't imagine how we would have relaunched this a little over a year ago all the components of Storyformed from the website to the podcast and your ideas and contributions have truly made it what it is today. Um, I believe, you know, a thriving and life-giving ministry to so many, so many people. Um, I'll miss your perspective on the podcast and your articles on Storyformed, but um, we all release you and we bless you (laughs) to do what you feel God is calling you to do. And I know that he has wonderful plans for you, but Maybe you'll come back and visit us once in a while. Yes, I, I would absolutely love
1: that, Holly. And I plan to come back as often as I am able to write and as often
0: as you'll have me. So, And,
1: and thank you so much for your kind words. I, I've told Holly this privately, but I want to say it publicly now that the hardest part of making this decision to step away was knowing how much I was going to miss working with you, Holly. You've been such a source of encouragement for me and such a dear friend, and I am just I'm forever grateful that God saw fit to bring you into my life via this whole heart community. And um, I cherish every moment that I've had working with you and I am deeply, deeply grateful for your lasting friendship.
0: Oh, well I'm so grateful for you. And <laughs> yes, I hope we can figure some things out for the future. Yeah. Even if just once yeah. in a while. So Yeah. Okay, well, moving on, I guess. <laughs> to the topic today. Um we decided Jamie and I decided that we've been getting quite a few questions lately. And so we decided to do a Q&A episode. So that's what we're going to be having some questions from our face primarily from our Facebook page. Um, and sometimes we get them on our Instagram account as well. So if you if you want to leave us questions for the future or talk to us about anything, leave us a comment. You can visit us um, on our Facebook account, which is Storyformed, or you can check us out on our Instagram account, which is Storyformed Home. So our first question comes from Natalie. Um, she asked us on the Facebook page. She said, we love your podcast. Thanks for all you do. We recently did one on cultivating imagination, which was great. Thank you. I'm wondering how, how can you help and develop and encourage righteous and godly imagination in a young boy without it leading to a fascination with violence and aggression and weapons? it seems all the wonderful books geared towards boys have an element of violence. How do you help them to focus on the good and not necessarily the evil or weapons or aggression? Um, my first thought that, I mean, it's, this is such a great question. So if Natalie you're listening, thank you for asking this. I think this is one that many of us think about, and especially if we have boys. Um, but my first thought is that, you know, we can try to, to read books and guide our boys to books And even, you know, have them watch movies that maybe there is that element of violence or aggression or weapons, but it doesn't, the storyline, the characters, they don't glorify it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we can focus on the why of these actions. Like, why are they um, in a situation where there is violence and aggression? Um, The books that came to mind first, um, which I'm sure many of you would think of, are The Chronicles of Narnia Mm -hmm. by C.S. Lewis and books by Tolkien, like The Hobbit, are great examples of this. I think... They fight because it's it's necessary for the ultimate good of their country or their land, but they're not doing it because they delight in hurting others. And I was talking through this idea with my husband a little bit, um, a little a while back, and as I was just kind of saying this to him, he's like, oh, I'm reading I'm reading this great book that's talking about this exact point. And he's reading a book called A Habit, A Wardrobe, and the Great War by Joseph LeConte. Um, and so he just finished reading it, said it's fabulous, so... I'm recommending it based on his recommendation that, of course, I trust. Um, but he he was doing a little bit of blogging about it. And so I just want to read you a little bit of his thoughts and then just a couple quotes from this book that I think will tag along with what, what I'm saying. And I know Jamie's going to talk about too. But um, in the buildup of the Great War, there were strong arguments rooted in Christian nationalism and a sense of divine destiny made by national leaders and clergy for Germany's expansion and then for the, for Britain's defense of Europe. This mixed perfectly with the myth of progress, the belief fueled by scientific advances, that humanity was on an upward march, and that even this war would be a war to end all wars and purify the world of wickedness. However, after the tragedy of the Great War, this sort of thinking fell apart. And as a result, many became cynical about all war and turned to pacifism. But Tolkien and Lewis, both of whom fought in World War I, and witnessed unspeakable horrors in the trenches, refused the triumphalism of the holy warrior and the cynicism of the pacifist. They understood that there is a hideous strength at work in the world, a great darkness that casts a shadow on the earth. War is often necessary, even if it solves little. War is never the goal or shown to be ultimately fruitful in the Lord of the Rings or the Narnia Chronicles. And yet, war can be an occasion to develop and display great virtue, courage, sacrifice, honor, and love. Both Tolkien's and, Tolkien's and Lewis's story show the bonds of friendships forged in battle and the courage of ordinary creatures forced into the adventure. They did not go seeking. So here's a couple parts from these pulled out from these books. So, Firmer, the captain of Gondor and the Lord of the Rings, a warrior with grave tenderness in his eyes, took no delight in the prospect of battle. Yet, he says, war must be while we defend our lives against a destroyer who would devour all. But I do not love the sword for its sharpness, nor the arrow for its swiftness, nor the warrior for his glory. I love only which they defend, which I love that point. Mm-hmm. And then one more is Runewit, the Sinchar in The Last Battle, the, which is the final book in the, in the Narnia Chronicles, says with his final moments, remember that all worlds draw to an end and that noble death is a treasure which no one is too poor to buy. Mm,
1: yes, I... I think
0: that quote from Faramir
1: sums it up perfectly. Um, when I was thinking about this, I I thought a lot about how I think I think we have to honor the God-given nature of our boys mm-hmm. in that they do desire to protect and defend that which is good and true and beautiful. And, and I think that that is a little bit of the root of their preoccupation with weapons and violence to some extent when they encounter it in books. Um, it's innate in them. They have some... Sort of understanding innately that, in some sense, this is what is ultimately required of them. And of course, in our modern age, defending good will rarely come down to physical battle, God willing. Mm-hmm. But but our sons must battle nonetheless, whether it be with their pen or with their arguments, their creation of laws and public policy, um, you know, or their creation of art. With all of it, our sons and our daughters will be battling against darkness with all of that. And so I think stories about physical battles give them the courage that they will need to take up arms, whatever their tools of war may eventually be, and go fight against the darkness. And so you know, to that aim, I do let my sons play with swords and lightsabers and nerf guns with reckless abandon. Um, And I know that's controversial this day and age, but I do it and um, I immerse them in stories of those who battle for redemption and for good and for truth and for beauty like Narnia and Tolkien and the Green Ember and stories like St. George and the Dragon because I believe that it affirms what is already innate within them and it trains their affections to fight for the good and um, you know stories like that teach them that it's worth fighting for the right things and so um, Kind of to reiterate what you said, Holly, I think, um, you know, allowing them to to read stories that don't glorify the violence, but Mm -hmm. um, demonstrate that there is a time and a place to battle for um, what is good and right and just, um, not for the glory of the battle itself, but for what Faramir said, for that which we love that we are defending. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's great, Jamie. Yeah, I appreciate your feedback. Uh, So Natalie also goes on to ask, um, do you have any good books that you would recommend for a four to five-year-old boy? And um, I can think of so many, but I tried to think today of just some that we haven't talked about as much on the Mm -hmm. podcast. There's probably a handful that we tend to talk about a lot, and so I thought, okay, what are some that I might not mention as frequently? So one of them is um, one that many of you have probably heard, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. By Judith Viorst, and I think this is a great book for a boy or a girl who's, you know, feeling a bit down or sad about maybe something that's going on in their life, whether that be, you know, something that, that we see as an adult as really something to be sad about or not, or maybe it's something tiny. But um, it's about you know an average kid whose day just doesn't go as he hoped it would. But I really think it speaks on a deeper level to our, you know, our childs to all of our human condition, really. That mm-hmm. we're all naturally selfish. We all want our own way. Um, even if we're not throwing tantrums as adults, sometimes on the inside we are. Our emotions right. are kind of scary. Right. Um, We can, you know, we can connect to the hardships of this, of ones that we face, and see the courage that we need. And so, one of the lines from the book says, "And even on the days, you know, we'd rather move to Australia." And so, I think. I mean, like all good picture books, I think it, you know, has a sort of a simple plot, but you can see, especially as an adult, kind of a deeper reflection there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I was thinking of the books, uh, many of the um, American folk hero ta- or tall tales by Stephen Kellogg, and so there's quite a few, but I just thought I'd highlight one of our favorites in particular, one of my son's favorites, but it's called Johnny Appleseed Mm -hmm. by Stephen Kellogg, as I mentioned. And um, this one's a tall tale based on the life of Johnny Chapman. And uh, I think it would really capture, you know, your son's, or and all these I think are great for girls and boys, but since this particular asked for a boy, I was trying to think of ones that maybe my son has connected to more. And he's really liked this one. Um, I think it would capture, um, you know, your son's imagination. And we've also really loved... Some of the other ones, Paul Bunyan, uh, Pico Spill, and John Henry. Uh, have you read any of those, Jamie? Yes, we've we, um, we read a lot of those, and we own Johnny
1: Appleseed, the
0: okay. Stephen Keller yeah. version, and my boys
1: all three love it, so I think that's a fantastic suggestion, yes.
0: Good, good, okay. Okay. And then yes. another one that my kids have just loved. And mine too. too. I saw this and <laughs> I was like, yes, that's, that's the one, one I would recommend, recommend to you. Yeah, you. it was called Caps yes. for Sale. And I don't know if I've ever recommended it, but it's been a board book that's I've probably bought more than once because it got so used from cribs into, like, their bedside tables. But, mm-hmm. And then you can also buy a picture book version of it, which is a little bit longer. But it's by Esver uh, Slobodkina. I might be butchering the pronunciation. But um, – This is just, yeah, it's been a favorite for all of our kids. And it's about a peddler who strolls through the town um, with caps on his head. And he's trying to sell them, and he stops to take a short nap. And when he wakes up, he realizes that mischievous monkeys took his caps from um, under the tree where he was. So he's, um, you know, a bit taken aback, trying to figure out what to do. And then he looks up in the tree, and he realizes these monkeys are imitating his actions. They're kind of mocking him a little bit. Um, And so when we would read this story, you know, my kids would kind of act out the monkey's actions. They would shake their fists at him, and they'd, they'd make the sound, like, tisk tisk, and so point their <laughs> fingers. And so I think my kids have a lot of fun acting out um, like the monkeys. Um, the story kind of has a nice rhythm, almost a rhyme to it. It's likely one that your kids would memorize um, after reading it over and over. But the illustrations are really simple. And um, if you're especially interested in following illustrators... Um, Esphir was an illustrator for Margaret Wise Brown, and um, she—it's she's kind of a neat story. If you're ever interested in looking into her story, but she um, kind of got um, known a little bit by Margaret Wise by illustrating for her, and then when Margaret Wise Brown passed away, she kind of had to. Esphir had kind of had to find her own way, and ended up deciding to step out and try to write and illustrate. So, kind of a neat story about how. And Margaret Rise Brown wrote a lot of board books like Goodnight Moon and um,
1: Runaway Bunny.
0: Bunny. I'm like, what's the fuck yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, anyway, right. that's kind of yes. a story. And then um, we have have liked quite a few books, picture books by William Stegg. So, mm-hmm. I thought I would mention Dr. DeSoto. And this is about a mouse who's a dentist and. This mouse has decided, um, you know, I'm never, he says, I'm never going to treat predators. But one day, a fox is asking for help, um, replacing his abscess tooth. So you might have guessed um, but that the fox has plans to eat DeSoto, <laughs> but he's trying to figure out, can he outwit this clever fox? And so I think the story really is a great springboard for talking to your kids about doing, you know, stepping out and doing good for those who lack character, which in this case, you know, we might say, you know, uh, but that might be taken, you know, we could take that a bit further than just lacking character. <laughs> but, um, I think your son, any of your kids would they'd be on the edge of their seat just waiting to figure out how this mouse is gonna solve their problem here. Um, yeah. Have you read this one, Jamie? Wait, we, we, we do. do. We have this
1: one and my, all three of my boys also, also love this one. one. They think it's is. hilarious and and clever
0: and cute. and mm-hmm. yes, we we love
1: Dr. DeSoto. Yes,.
0: yes. Good. And, yeah, we'll just take out some other good ones, and we're going to mention one more of his um, a little bit later on. But
1: Yes. Um,
0: okay, next question. Um, Barnold asks from our Facebook page, I have a six-year-old, an almost three-year-old, and a six-month-old. Do you have any recommendations of books showing kids being brave or going on adventures? what are your thoughts, Jamie? Um, one
1: of my very favorite picture books for that age, I'm thinking picture books, first of all, um, about being brave and overcoming fears is thunder cake by Patricia Polacco. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of that one, but it's a, it's a story of a small child. Yes. She's visiting her grandmother or her, her babushka in Michigan, and she's terrified of storms. And, um, Throughout the story, her grandmother executes an ingenious plan to help her overcome her fear—not only of the thunder, but of some of the other things that she's been encountering on the farm as well. And it's just—it's such a sweet story because throughout the entire process, the grandmother keeps echoing, "You know, I am with you. I am with you." Um, and so it's just—it's a, a great story about about stepping out and. And being courageous, it's, it's about being brave in the midst of your fear. And um, as a bonus, there's a recipe for a chocolate thunder cake in the back of the book. I, I keep meaning to bake it with the boys during one of our famous southern summer thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need to leave the book out so I will remember <laughs> to do it next time we hear thunder to make a thunder cake. Um, but that's one that we—that that all three of my boys have really enjoyed. And I think it's just personally just a really sweet um sweet story so that's that's one of my favorites about being brave and then another one that i love is um mirret on the high wire by yeah, emily yeah. arnold mccully yep we
0: have that yep. one too, but, Do you, yeah yeah
1: <laughs> it's a it's a tale of a little girl whose family runs a boarding house and one day one of the visitors to the boarding house rigs up a high wire a few feet off of the ground or he practices what. Walk- walking across it and Murette, um, the little girl, just becomes enchanted by it and so he begins teaching her how to walk across it and do tricks and I, I don't want to spoil the story but you discover who the border is and both he and Murette have to kind of overcome their fears in the end and it's a sweet story, not only about bravery but just dedication and excellence and focus and determination and, and even mentorship too. I, I think it's a, it's a great one. And, of course, my boys love the traditional story of Jack and the Beanstalk, which, of course, epitomizes adventure and bravery for, for a child. And we have a beautiful edition that is told by E. Nesbitt, who wrote a lot of um, children's books, Five Children and It, and um, some other wonderful chapter books. But this is a picture book, and um, my boys love that one. And, of course... I cannot mention stories about children going on adventures and being brave without recommending traditional fairy tales. That's probably, I should have said that first, because that's probably my number one recommendation for um, helping children to learn courage and bravery. Um, Stories like Hansel and Gretel and Beauty and the Beast, The Little Mermaid, Snow White, there's a reason that these tales have enchanted and captivated children for centuries, and of course, you know, I mean the traditional, original fairy tales, not the retellings. Um, so make sure you get Grimm's fairy tales or Hans Christian Andersen, Andrew Lang, um, not the modernized um, versions of those, because um, they're totally different. But um, also mo- more fairy tales written by more modern authors. Um, George MacDonald came to mind. His um, The Princess and the Goblin and The Princess and Curdy are both excellent um, Stories of adventure and bravery and courage, and we read those when my boys were eight, six, and four, and they absolutely love them, despite the fact that there was princess in the title.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, Jamie, if you had, I don't know if you you can tell me if you can't answer this, but okay. if you had to choose between Grimm or Anderson or Lang, <sighs> could, you, could you pick?
1: they're totally different in my opinion doesn't
0: have any and they're like okay i want to get a compilation or something i would
1: probably if someone someone is just starting and they haven't had any experience with fairy tales at all i would probably start with andrew Lang's blue fairy book Mm -hmm. i think it's the most accessible it's the um um least um objectionable I think uh, to our modern sensibilities as Mm -hmm. parents I think sometimes parents have more trouble with fairy tales than the children do um (laughs) as far as the the gruesomeness of it or what they call scary or violent or whatever um Mm -hmm. our, our kids don't seem to have a problem with that kind of thing and and they really do it resonates with them um but for for a parent who's a little bit um less, um, inclined to that kind of thing. I think mm-hmm. Lang is, is a good place to start. It, mm-hmm. The blue fairy book. There are multiple colors of fairy book. Blue fairy book. Red, yes. um, That's olive. It. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's, I can't remember how many, maybe 12. Um, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, no, I um, yeah. So I would start with the blue fairy book. It has some that you're familiar with in there. Beauty and the Beast, um, is in there. And then there's some others, um, that one would be less familiar with too. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I would probably start if you aren't familiar and with fairy tales.
0: And our library, I know, has has some of these on audiobooks. So you could check too and see at your like library if you're yes. yeah about that too. Well, I, I thought of one that comes to mind, um, and here, this is another William Stegg book, but it's called Brave Irene. And in this story, Irene is she's marching through the snowstorm to ensure that this Duchess receives this dress that her mother. Made. and her mother just ended up being too tired to be able to deliver it. So Irene decides she's gonna you know make this delivery happen, but it's snowing. And the dress um, unfortunately ends up getting away from her. But she decides she's gonna communicate to the debt just no matter what. What the reason is that this dress couldn't be delivered and so you really see themes in the book of you know her pain and the difficulty and yet you know her hard work to get this task accomplished and even despair in some moments um and so you know some it's it's a picture book but there are some you know fairly there's moments of heaviness i think but hope is found in the end and, um, you travel with Irene, you see her bravery and how courageous she is in the midst of great difficulty. So I think it's a great one to be able to talk through, through some of those, some of those themes with your kids. It's
1: mm-hmm. so, a good one.
0: Um, so next question is from Colleen and she asks on our Facebook page, I have a question about audiobooks. which would be your favorites for, for children ages three to five? Um, And so when I first read this, I thought, okay, what are we buy some books on Audible, on occasion? And I was trying to think for my five year old, um, you know, in the past year, what are the books that she kind of keeps going back to? If I say, okay, it's time to do an audiobook, what does she consistently choose? And um, the first one is Peter Rabbit and Other Stories, which is narrated by Jim Weiss. And he has been a household name for us for many, many years, uh-huh. just reading um, various stories. And so he's just a great narrator. And so yes. if you um, have heard any of him or you know, are looking for someone who's a great narrator, you can go to his website. And we'll put a link to this in the show notes, too. But yes. it's jimweiss.com. I,
1: yeah, go ahead, I, I was going to say, I highly, highly recommend Jim Weiss for
0: this age, um,
1: particularly. his. He just has such a soothing, calm um Narr- voice when he narrates a story that is just um it's just perfect for that age. We have we have the, his animal stories I believe that my boys absolutely loved at that age and we have another one in this slipping my mind right now but yes I I wholeheartedly agree with your recommendation to seek out Jim Weiss. He does not have a lot on Audible. Um, You actually have to go to his website or purchase um, his, some, you know, get them at the library, but um, they're well worth seeking out if you can find them. Yes.
0: Yeah, we Animal Tales has probably been yeah, that's our it. favorite Tales. one too. Um, and there's a couple stories on there that um even when my youngest was very small, like probably still in a crib, right. I would put that yeah. on for her while she was falling asleep. And so the other day one of the stories came on on something and she's like I know this story. I said, yes, Jane, you listened to that many, many, many times. Right. Yes. <laughs> and you were so tiny. So that was, that was kind of fun. But yeah, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's all kinds of stories for younger kids up to older kids, fables, mm-hmm. Bible stories, fairy tales, um, uh, historical things. And so, yes, highly recommend him. And then another one, um, is a, the book on Aud- audible called now we are six and it's poems by a, a Milne. And the narrator is Peter Dennis. Um, that's one that I think just the you know the the rhythmic poems she just tends to love continuing to listen to those, and then she tends to really like um, funny books. And so Pippi Longstocking is one that my older kids I got I put it on there for them, and then she would you know it was a, a bigger chapter book, but she really just loved listening to these funny stories about Pippi and. Mm-hmm. Um, And then um, I would just recommend if you, if you have, if your you know, three to five year old has favorite stories, maybe it's ones that you own or maybe ones that you check out consistently from the library that maybe you could check at your library to see if they have them in an audio version. Our library does some just in audio and sometimes they'll come in this pack. It's like a book, the picture book and the audio. And you can listen together, and some of them have that chiming noise so that the mm-hmm. child will know how to turn the page. So those are always fun. So I can think of ones that you know I had read or my husband had read, and they enjoyed them. But then listening to them with a different voice, a different narrator, uh, it kind of made the book come alive in a different way. And recently that happened when we were reading um, One Morning in Maine by Robert McCloskey. And we've read it, and like I said, they enjoyed it. But something about the voice of the narrator who's Christina Moore um, that they they just well, let's listen to that again and you know they just seem to remember different points about the story than when mm-hmm. I read it so that was kind of neat to see that um and then Jamie and I have mentioned before that we both contribute to um Life with Sally membership um that we promote and Sally promotes on sallyclarkson.com And there's a story-formed section on there. So this whole year of 2018, um, Jamie and I have been either writing or podcasting about authors. And so one of the ones I recently did is Robert McCloskey. So just mentioning that in case you're thinking, oh, I'd really love to learn more about him. um, You can, um, if you sign up for that membership, you can hear more about Robert McCloskey. Um, And then another one that we listened to a while back is One Snowy Day by Ezra Scott Keats narrated by Jane Harvey, and um, this is another one that we've read many times that my kids just really enjoyed hearing the audio, and I think part of it is just if you get a really great narrator, um, it makes it come alive.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. When, when, I was, when I saw this question, I was thinking about it, because my boys um, were just recently that age, and one of them still is, um, so <laughs> yeah, um, some that, that they really loved around those ages were um, just-so stories by Kipling. Mm -hmm. Um, They really thought that those stories were absolutely hilarious. And they also really liked the Paddington stories by Michael Bond um, around that age. But two that came to mind, especially, um, that I would love to recommend was um, Little House in the Big Woods. Mm -hmm. We listened to that one last year. So my boys were seven, five, and three, because it was earlier in the year. Um, and they were just totally captivated by the tales of pioneer life. And the chapters are short enough, I think, and they also are complete enough in themselves um, that it doesn't really require long bouts of focus attention for smaller children. And what I mean by the chapters complete is that Laura Laura Ingalls Wilder she tells a complete story in the chapter and so you know you're not having to sustain that attention from chapter to chapter to get to the end of the story um which was really helpful for small children and another one like this that we found you just mentioned McCloskey was Homer Price um which we listened to when they were about the same ages and it's a collection of short stories about um the character Homer Price and um so since it's also you know smaller stories together, although the audiobook itself is longer, it's broken up into manageable pieces for a small child. And um, Homer's escapades are just simply hilarious. And my boys still ask to listen to this one
0: occasionally. So, Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great idea. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah, I would second yeah. the Little House in the Big Woods. Um, yes. I think we have that one on Audible too and I think it's Cherry Jones I think is the It narrator. is, yes. Okay. She does a great job. Yes. yes.
1: And I can't remember who narrate who narrated Homer Price. I'll look it up and see if I can find it really quickly because we have that one on Audible as well. Um, but my boys just they, they still ask for Homer Price. They loved it so oh, much. Um, and like I said, the stories are short enough. So for children who have that really short attention span, um, they're able to get the entire story in one setting most of the time. This one's it's narrated by Mike Ferrari okay. is what my Audible account says, Homer. And, and they loved it. He did a great job. That's great. Yes.
0: Jamie, are the... Paddington Stories, are these the original unabridged ones? They
1: are. The okay. ones that we have on Audible are the original unabridged Paddington okay. Stories, yes. Great. That's, that's, those are the ones that they listen to. And, okay. and they listen to those at night as they were falling asleep, mm-hmm. and um, they, they really enjoyed them. That's
0: great. Yes. Okay. Um, Amy asks on our Facebook page, I'm wondering if you know of any books or series that are high interest but low vocabulary for girls. Most tend to be nonfiction, seemingly aimed at boys. I'm looking for dramatic narratives written for low readers, maybe age 10, grade 4, that a reading level of a grade 1.
1: Yeah. Oh, I saw this question. I thought, you know, it is, it is such a challenge when your children begin reading and they, they want to read interesting books, um, especially if you've been in the habit, as we encourage you to, of reading great, great literature to them from a young age, but yet they don't have the skills yet to read something quite as engaging as what they're used to listening to. And my son was in this state for quite a while. And in, in some sense, he's still in it a little bit. Though At this point, I think it's more of a confidence issue for him than a skill issue. But he's nine, so I completely understand where um, this this person, where Amy's coming from. Um, I think a lot of the readers at that skill level just aren't as engaging for for children, unfortunately. And so I, I think the most challenging part of the question is dramatic narrative. Um, it's just nearly impossible, I think, to write something extremely engaging without reaching beyond those first skill levels of decoding with vocabulary. It has to be so simple. And so to some extent, I think... Um, they just have to slog through some of the less interesting readers to build the skill and confidence to move on to the more engaging dramatic narratives. But with that said, um, I think there are a few that I would recommend heartily once they have their basic understanding of of phonics down. Um, Some that we have loved in our home and I have boys. So with that caveat, um, I I love the little bear books by, I think I'm going to butcher her name. Uh, Forgive me, Elsie Hol- Homeland Min- Minerik. Minerik, I don't know how to say her name. But they're illustrated by Maurice Sendak, and they are sweet little stories about a bear family. And they are just perfect for beginning readers. And there are several of them. There's Little Bear, Little Bear's Friend, Father Bear Comes Home, Little Bear's Visit. I don't know. Are you familiar with the Little Bear books? I
0: am. Yes. And yeah. I would. Yeah. All of our kids enjoyed them, but yeah, our girls especially. I okay. Really yeah. Enjoyed them. Yeah, Yeah.
1: And another very similar series of books is the Frog and Toad books by Arnold Lobel. And these are also just really sweet stories about the friendship between Frog and Toad and all of their adventures and just their their daily lives. And, um, you know, I I have boys and they love them, but I remember reading these as a child and I, I was engaged with them as well. So, you know, once again, there are several of these stories. So if she likes them, she has many with which she can practice. I don't know. Did your girls like frog and toad or were they yes. bored with frog and no, toad? <laughs> they, all of
0: my kids love them. Yes. Good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that came to mind that we had um, some success with was, um, Cynthia Ryland. She writes a lot of picture books, but she writes some great early readers as well. Um, The Henry and Mudge books are fun, and even though the protagonist is a little boy, I think the stories should be engaging enough to entertain a 10-year-old little girl. Um, They are technically rated level 2 readers, I think, but my son read them right around the same time that he was reading other level 1 books. Um, And then Ryland also writes the Mr. Putter and Tabby series about an older man and his cat Tabby and um we have i'm I'm trying to think the one that we own was mr putter and tabby feed the fish and um, my son loved that one he thought it was it was absolutely hilarious have you had any familiarity with either one of those yeah
0: we just brought home one the other day a mr putter i think something about painting the house or something okay yeah I, i really liked them too i thought they were really cute and sweet
1: yeah, the the one with the feeding the fish, it was so funny because the cat just has such a hard time, like, not not focusing on the fish and becomes obsessed with the fish. And, you know, Mr. Putter has to solve the problem of the cat with the fish. And, and my son just really, he loved it. And, you know, because it's an older man and his cat, there's not really anything gender-specific about it. So I think both boys and girls would find it a funny story. Um, but for girls in particular, I think um, – I would I would recommend the Francis books by Russell Hoban, which are illustrated by Garth Williams. Um, do you know the Francis books? Yeah. I think we've talked about Francis yeah. before. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they yes. yeah. There, there, there are several of them, and Francis is a badger, and the books chronicle just some of the simple events in children's lives. There's Bedtime for Francis. There's um, Bread and Jam for Francis, which is about picky eating. A uh, Birthday for Francis. I think there's even A Little Sister for Francis. Mm-hmm. There, are, yeah. there are seven or eight in all. And once again, I think these are officially like labeled Level 2 readers, but they're very simple. And I think they would... Um, be more likely to fit the description of a a dramatic narrative for a very early reader who is used to a more engaging story but not quite ready to read something um, really in-depth on her own. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I second all of your recommendations. We have probably a couple from each of those authors. And, yeah, I think you did... That's great, Jamie, the ones you mentioned. Kind of hitting I, that, like, I, if it to hit the dramatic narrative just a tiny bit, I think. Yes, yes, because
1: yes. It's, it's just so difficult to do when, when they're at that skill level, and it's, it's a challenge. I mean, it was a real struggle for my son, because he's used to really high-quality literature and vocabulary, and, you know, he thinks once he reads, that's what he's going to be reading, and he just he just did not have the skill for that. And it takes some time. But I, I do want to share a word of encouragement. He went from, I just said he just turned nine. He went from hardly reading at all to reading short chapter books very, very quickly. And we, we did kind of have to slog through some of those early readers. But I also just did not push it at all. And I i know I may have a more laid back approach to reading than some people, and some people may be kind of horrified by my attitude towards reading, but I, I strongly believe in waiting until it clicks rather than pushing it before they're developmentally ready. And so I just, I want to encourage you, Amy, just to keep reading to her while she's learning to read herself and just let her see the words as you are reading so that she can follow along. And truly the bulk of our reading practice. Um, would be while we were out and about or just around the house and my son would ask what a word says and I would stop right there and help him decode it as he had learned. And and by the way, we teach reading through phonics in our house. So we, we he did have the phonics practice to learn how to actually go through the skill of decoding the word. But um, as far as actually practicing it, we did it just in our everyday lives with words he, he would encounter in, in, our, in our home and in our errands. And even if it was a longer word, and that's something that you would typically see in an early reader, like the word Carolina, um, we would just break it down bit by bit with every single thing that he saw around us. And we did that more than we read those early, horrifically boring readers. (laughs) And um, we just did that. And so when he decided he was ready, he was really able to pick up some of those books that I mentioned here, and read those pretty quickly. And then he was just very fast after that, well on his way to reading short chapter books. So just hang in there and it will come. It will.
0: Thanks for that encouragement, Jamie. Yes, Amy, and I bet there's so many others of you out there in that phase right now or um, have experienced that. So, well, Jamie, we're about to close our time, but do you want to give us a way for people to keep up with you?
1: Yes, yes. I would love for people to keep up with me. They can um, feel free to follow me on Instagram. I am at Jamie underscore Showmaker, and that's J-A-I-M-E underscore S-H-O-W-M-A-K-E-R for those of you who are listening. And I will keep it updated with what we're doing, what I am reading with the boys, and what I'm reading myself, as well as just what's going on in our lives in general. And I would love to keep up with everybody because I have just loved – the story form community. So follow me there and I will follow you back so that we can stay in touch and Holly, I just want to say again how much I have loved being a part of Story Forms and Whole Heart, and um, it has been such a blessing. And I I do plan to pop in every once in a while um, on the podcast and on the blog as I can fit it into my schedule, because it is such a love of mine, and I just cherish this community. So thank you all so much for inviting me into your homes and into your lives. Every other week over the past year, it has been a privilege and an honor to share this chapter of my story with you all. So thank you.
0: Well, we have loved having you, Jamie, and I hope all of you will keep up with her um, on Instagram and um, try to figure out when we can have you back, Jamie. Yes. (laughs) Um, Before we go, um, I would just love for you to go to iTunes.com and leave us a star rating um, and a comment um, if you're enjoying hearing the podcast. Um, we just love to get your feedback to know what it is you love most. You can ask us a question or anything in that space there. Um, we'd love to hear from you um, on iTunes. So, um, and then as I mentioned before, if you want to check us out on Facebook um, on Storyformed or Instagram Storyformed Home, that would be great. So we're signing off. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes and like us on our StoryForm Facebook page and follow us at StoryFormed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be StoryFormed.